stuff a podcast to distract us from bad news to engage our brain box and think about good times during lockdown each episode i'll ask a friend about the first single they bought a film that means a lot to them and where they're going to go when this whole thing blows over glad you could join me it's a sunday evening sitting outside in the dark because that's just what you do these are the sacrifices you make to record a podcast intro it's uh, pretty intense no it's not actually hope you're doing alright yeah all good here really been a while I know but I've had things on. Also, today, I feel like uh, motivation has been lacking of late, just some things in general, really. Just, uh, yeah, peaks and troughs, isn't it? But recorded a couple more episodes in the last few days, which have kind of reignited the uh, the joy for the for the podcast so I have a few more coming out which is cool this is uh, finally got through <laughs> editing the rest of Nathan's episode which was, uh, so it, was it was a joy but also it was a long joy <laughs> uh, so done a bit of editing a bit of chopping back cutting off the fat and giving you the good stuff so enjoy do you remember uh, uh, a song that reminds you of a teenage crush? Well, it's interesting, really, because um, crushes are weird when you're a teenager, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And they're like a they're like a very strange thing. Can you liken? Can you can you liken? What would you liken a teenage crush to? What else is it like? Hard, isn't it? Hmm. It, it is a it's it's paralysis. a genre all of its own. <laughs> like, what paralysis? Paralysis. <laughs> Certainly, yeah. There is quite often a there is quite often a certain amount of paralysis and a certain amount of fear and being trapped inside your own head, not yeah. able to move. Maybe it's a bit like it's a little bit like if you liken it maybe to standing up in front of a large audience that you're going to address. And then you happen to glance down and notice that you forgot to put your trousers on. That sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But not only did you forget to put your trousers on, but for some reason you're wearing your dad's purple and lilac contrasting Airtex Y fronts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, imagine that. So you stood in front of the audience, you glance down, you got no trousers on. 
plus you've got the Airtex pants on and they've got and they're in the wrong colorway as well and then I don't know you know you, you you put your tie on but you've done that weird thing where the short the narrow bit of the tie is a heck of a lot longer than the main <laughs> white bit and it's gone down it's in your pants and it's actually poking out the front as well I mean that kind of feeling probably would be a bit similar to a teenage crush old thing yeah but equally on the other side though with a teenage crush is you've got that absolute paralysis fear and not really understanding what's going on but there's such such a there's such a there's such a high of excitement with it as well it's just the weirdest combination isn't it yeah yeah like that best and worst feeling (laughs) (laughs) yeah so thinking about songs that's what you asked me wasn't it songs that reminded me of that yeah i was thinking um i was thinking it made me think actually about um uh, women women in music that i had a bit of a teenage crush on obviously and of course the first one was of course can you guess who it was if i say very high voice uh, a lot of dark curly hair a lot of a lot of flowing wide muslin clothing in a bad way because she was junky you know just in a good way any ideas um you were thinking of kate bush weren't you i was yeah yes of course you I were didn't, i didn't think uh she was chunky though no she wasn't chunky she was she no she was perfect and she, oh. she she was born perfect and has always been perfect that's what i thought well, i thought you just said she was chunky I was thinking more like the sheer amount of sort of muzzling clothing. There's like there's okay. a lot of whirling around, works not it? A lot of whirling around more. Kate Bush. Yeah. yeah. She she was an absolute babe. She was one of the loves of my life. And um I remember that song came out at the time. It was that first, I think that was the first song really shared that anyone really knew, which was Wuthering Heights, wasn't it? Yeah. Although not one of the best ones, really. No. Not one of the best, but I remember that. But I preferred um, running up that hill. That's a quality track. Hey, that, is. that is a really quality track. Yeah. You know, here's a little fact for you on that. Did you know that she initially wrote it as running up, running up the hill, and it's brackets, isn't it? Make a deal with with the devil. Yeah. She first wrote it, but then um, she was told that they couldn't, they wouldn't play it on the radio in America. She had that, so she changed it to make a deal with God. Little fact for you. Uh, she was an absolute babe. I had a real crush on her. That made me think of her. And then also, I was thinking about Blondie. Remember Blondie? Yeah. She was a complete babe, wasn't she? Yeah. I got to say, Heart of Glass. That was out about the same time. That was making me feel. But then I was thinking about you. You. You were thinking more like someone. Someone that I knew that I'd have a crush on. Is that what you're thinking, really? Or like teenage hey, it can be whatever you want it to be actually new well there was a bit of a weird that so let me just mention a bit of an unusual combo on that then do you remember do you remember a band called altered images their lead singer was a girl called claire grogan ring any bells nope no you'll have to google them you have to get them up on your doodah yeah i got them are you going to play a little bit then are you going to play a bit of that what song uh, well, one of the well-known ones was the one called Happy Birthday. 
Good times. Yeah. Does that ring any bells? Yeah. Well, she 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 was a bit of a babe, wasn't she, Claire Grogan? I had a, quite a crush on her, actually. But the thing is, there was a girl at school who lived um, quite near where I did. Uh, her name, I remember her name, actually, it was Nicola. I can't remember her surname. Um, or maybe I can. No, not sure enough. Her name was Nicola, anyway. She looked just like Claire Grogan. She had that same boy's haircut. You know what's attractive about that boy's haircut? I don't find it attractive <laughs> now, actually, when I think about it. But, um, yeah, she was in some of my classes at school. So I had a bit of a crush on her, and it was one of those real, like, awkward paralysis-type ones. <laughs> and yeah. I remember one time she wasn't at school because she was ill or something, and the teacher asked me if I could drop something off to her, her house homework or something and it was the most fear inducing thing <laughs> <laughs> I ever had to do at that age and I remember going around there and I remember thinking what am I going to say and you know that thing where you you, you kind of like you you plan what you're going to say and then you you realize that every time you plan what you're going to say it's rubbish and so you change it about about 5,000 times um, I think it was literally 5,000 times because one of the things also is because I had, where our school was, was such a long way away from where we lived and I always had to walk. It would take me an age to get home. Actually, that's one of the things which is quite funny because um, when, I was at, when I was at juniors, as at junior school, which you're at school from, from 11, in those days you're at school... No, actually, before that, isn't it? No, you went to senior school at 11. So you're at junior school from seven to age 10. I used to walk home on my own. And it was about, it took me probably nearly an hour to walk home. (laughs) (laughs) It was a long old way. And I used to dream of someone coming and picking me up. That was my dream, getting a lift. No wasn't going to happen i used to have i had a bit of i had a bit of pocket money for sweets i used to go in a sweet shop outside the school and i used to choose my confectionery based on what was my basic basic requirement for con- confectionery at that point do you reckon um i reckon quantity rather than quality <laughs> yep and also longevity Okay. What was going to last me the longest on the way home? Yeah. The cheeriest sweets. A fairly good option was a was a chol lolly. Do you remember chol lollies? No. Chol. Do you do you remember traffic light lollies? Yeah. Well, it was that coated in very very substan- substandard chocolate. Okay very low quality so you had a bit of the 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 subby chocolate hit but then you knew traffic light lolly was going to last you a reasonable amount of time anyway that was fairly good and then if i had a bit of money left over there was another sweet shop about three quarters of the way home and um but they were they were quite an erratic one because it was it was basically the woman who ran it was just violent 
<laughs> and she had a she was running a sweet shop and she had the greatest um distaste for children imaginable you know it's a bit like you know people you know people that run bed and breakfasts, but they hate having customers yeah she was like that kids uh and and i I never i only had like like a penny left over or something but you could get some blackjacks or some fruit salads for a penny yeah i think you get four for a penny pretty sure to start with you get even more than that you get on it at one point pretty sure when i was young enough to get eight for a penny something like that could get those but i remember one time i actually had some extra money i don't know why i had some extra money i don't know i'm not sure why um but for some reason did have some extra money and i bought from her uh, i bought from there a toffee bar and i don't know whether you've ever seen them it might be a bit before your time but they were called everlasting toffee and it was like a flat it's like a thin flat bar of toffee that you just chew from one end yeah. The point being it, it would last a long time. <laughs> I actually, t- I remember to this day, I remember going back to complain. Because <laughs> it didn't last forever. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. It didn't last forever. And I was absolutely, completely, absolutely sure in my mind that I was being conned. <laughs> <laughs> I remember so, that one. Anyway. Right. Yeah, so that was um, so that was yeah. Crush, Nico, well, there we go. Yeah. Do you wonder what these people are doing now? Sometimes. Oh, yeah. Weird. And that's a bit weird, isn't it? <laughs> don't don't look them up on Facebook. <laughs> don't look them up. You're only hearing badly. No, it's not going to be good. Yeah, that was there anyway. Yeah. What about your first gig? What was the first band you saw? Oh, first band. Oh, um, with bands. I mean, the thing is, with live, with live, live bands, there were. It was a bit. Venues and stuff were a bit different then. It's quite often they were hard to get into when you were quite young. Yeah. To get into, but um, I remember quite often. Quite often, bands would be playing in in pubs perhaps yep. because were quite small venues bands maybe that were um i don't know a bit up and coming um would be in pubs i mean not these weren't these weren't these weren't the first but i do remember actually uh, being in a pub and we were watching this band that were just sort of playing in the corner and it was uh, it was a band called marillion remember them yeah i heard of them they were just playing, they were just starting out. So they were just playing. Um, actually, you go, interesting, interesting fact. I actually saw Madonna playing in a pub just in the wow. corner on a little stage. Playing the pub. When she first when she first released um, Holiday, remember that, Holiday? And yeah. she came over to the UK to promote it. And she was just playing in this little pub, her and her like, little backing band. And I remember distinctly at the time going, we were going like, who's that? Oh, I don't know, I don't know who she is, some local. And then it was her, Madonna. There you go. There you go. <laughs> that's one of the things when you're old, like I am. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I wouldn't say they were my first gigs, but I do remember actually, I do remember quite distinctly um, four gigs from where we were. You either went down to Brighton. Yeah. 
and up to London. So I remember going in Brighton and I remember seeing the gem. That was one of, that was, I suppose, pretty early on as an actual proper, proper concert, like yeah. proper gig. That was um, fairly good. But I remember also what was really good is a mate of mine at school, he had a, his uncle, he called him his uncle, I don't know, you know, like when I was a kid, everyone had yeah. aunts and uncles that they weren't really related to. And you only discovered later on that who even was that person? I don't know. What kind of relation were they? And you discovered they weren't related at all. It's your neighbour. Yeah. Just your dad worked with them. <laughs> yeah. Or basically someone who hung, ar- hung around with someone who was actually a relation of yours. Anyway, his uncle or whatever, he, he was a bouncer at the, uh, at the 100 Club up in Oxford Street. Oh, yeah. Which is quite a, quite a famous, um, well, well-known music venue. Yep. And, um, um, he, my, my, my friend, I remember in school, my friend, we were, I think we were about 16 or something. My friend saying, um, oh, my, my, my uncle promised he'd get us in. He said, there's a good band on tonight. I was like, who is it? He goes, oh, it's the Stones, Ben. I'm like, what, the Rolling Stones? He said, yeah. I said, no, it can't be. They won't be playing there. They'll be playing some, some big venue. Yeah. He said, oh, well, it's, let's go, because he can get us in. He said he could get us in free anyway. We're like, all right, whatever. We'll go and give that a go. And it was Rolling Stones. No yeah. way. Yeah, and we got, to, we got pretty much. And it was quite a small venue, really. It's tiny, uh, yeah, and we got uh, we got in, and we got um, we got pretty good um, sort of like not exactly VIP treatment, but we weren't beaten up and chucked out. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really good. That was pretty early on, actually. Um, it was pretty young. I remember going. I remember going to see um, <laughs> only because it sticks in my mind. Do you remember the band Dex's Midnight Runners? Yeah. And what, and what was their what was their their most famous track? <laughs> yeah, that was it exactly. I remember going to see them because a friend of mine wanted to go and see them. We're like, oh yeah, okay, whatever. We go down right and watch them. Went to see them. Yep, um, they they um, <laughs> they did a thirty three minute set and they played that track five times. Oh man, <laughs> because it's pretty much all they had is yeah. all they had. They, they, they intro'd with it, they outro'd with it, and they filled in with it as well. That was it. Grim. Remember that. Remember that. <laughs> yeah. That wow. Some, yeah, some... Uh, oh, I do remember, actually, because I was a bit into I was a bit, a bit into metal and like slightly heavy stuff as well. I do remember my first mosh pit experience. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because that's quite a big thing, isn't it? When you yeah. First mosh pit experience, um, and that was we went to see Rainbow, you know, Richie, okay. Richie Blackmore, uh, yeah. Rainbow, and um, uh, that was nuts, yeah, that was nuts, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you could probably imagine, yeah, there were a lot of um, very sweaty, bearded, long haired, very, very sweaty blokes. Yeah, that's the general vibe. <laughs> <laughs> and us. That was about it. That was about it. Yeah. Were you slightly uh slightly overwhelmed by the experience? 
I think it was mostly just trying just not to get too excessively face slapped with all the with all the greasy greasy sweaty hair flying around <laughs> i think mostly that's what it was about yeah more, more more trying to avoid avoid bad things happening to you yeah but it was um the strange thing is with that sort of scenario however bad it gets it's still enjoyable isn't it yeah yeah in some some perverted way <laughs> some weird way i don't know what it is something weird about it i don't know the way it goes yeah that's true cool wow there's uh that's pretty special special moments so can you think of a film that uh is connected to some some significant memory it's like the uh, yeah good or bad <laughs> preferably, <laughs> good. preferably good well um one of the things i i, I think about with that um, I think one stands out slightly, actually, and that is uh, the Italian job. Yep. The, the original one, yeah, obviously, yeah. with uh, Michael Caine. And uh, I remember it particularly, not only because it was just a brilliant film, and also it's the sort of film you can watch any old time in it and you never get, yeah. not sort of film you ever really get bored of, but particularly because it reminds me of my granddad. Um, and my granddad was, was he was quite an interesting character actually he'd been in the been in the raf in the war yeah he was never in the truth my granddad and um he had that whole wing commander look yeah if, if you just google wing commander images it would be him <laughs> <Not fair too. laughs> almost, almost guaranteed yeah but he his love his love and this is where i think i've just got on re- really we we bonded because in those days you you kind of grandparents not like grandparents now where they're all over grandchildren buying them stuff and love the grandchildren and want to spend all time with them. Back in those days, it was still very much children were very much you know seen and seen and not heard. It was a very Victorian mentality really. And it's just oh well, you know oh well it's good to see you grandchildren oh we do so love seeing you once a once a year and here we go here, here's a lollipop and pat on the head yeah. you know, that, that kind of thing really um but my granddad i remember um he, i remember yeah, this garage and he was really into cars and he always had fantastic cars and in fact he used to he used to be a mechanic on the racing team have you ever been to Brooklands, you know Brooklands over in Surrey where there's oh, yeah. a yeah. You know they you know they had the banked track there? They've still got a section of it preserved. When they had the banked track, they used to race these five and a half litre Bentleys, which are those big old, you know, old fashioned style cars. And he used to work as a mechanic on the as a as a race mechanic on those teams actually. No way. Brooklands, yeah, yeah. It's quite interesting. Before the war, that was before the war was in the war and he went to north africa and became a desert rat or whatever <laughs> they do don't think he ever really covered from that poor chap um but of course cars and just i was fascinated with cars so that was it me and my granddad we bonded over cars and he had loads of he always had loads of really interesting cars and um he had some very interesting ways of repairing them i was telling my i was telling my boys actually the other day about how 
in his in his workshop with his tools, he used to have a jar of chewing gum. Okay. So uh, when he was chewing gum, he didn't used to throw it away because that would be wastage. And he was from the war era and he never wasted anything. So okay. when he finished chewing it, he'd just pop it in that jar. And then when he needed to fix something, um, say maybe like a rust hole in the car or two bits of something that was squeaking and rubbing together or anything else that needed fitting together, you'd open the jar, get an appropriate size bit of the gum out, remasticate it. Isn't that a weird, weird word? Masticating. Mastication. <laughs> Don't you think that's a, that is a strange word, isn't it? Anyway, yeah, so he would pop it in, masticate it, get it all chewed up all nicely, yeah, and then use it to fix whatever he needed to fix. That's one of his techniques. It wasn't massively successful. I remember being in the car with him. He had this little seat when he lived in, because they emigrate. When we were little, they emigrated to Spain. Yeah. In the, days, in the days before anyone went to Spain, even on holiday, they went to live there. It was quite a bold move, really. We used to go and see them for holidays. They had this little seat, which is not basically a Fiat, Fiat 500. And he lived at the top of a really steep uh, hill. And um, I, I remember going out with a, for a drive with him and uh, we were hurting down this hill. And I remember saying to him, like, oh, you're going to need to slow down soon, Grando. And he, <laughs> he said, yeah, can't, got no brakes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I think that um, I'm pretty sure he slammed it down the he was he was trying to slam it down the gears just to use the engine braking, but it was it wasn't going into gear. So he was he was shouting at me to pull on the handbrake. So I remember pulling on the handbrake with all my strength I possibly could. Now, because those old manual handbrakes, when you're actually going along, are actually quite hard, aren't they? Yeah. And you got only about seven or something. And I'm just like, oh, trying, Granddad, yanking <laughs> on the handbrake. <laughs> we managed to more or less come to a bit of a stop before we, we hit the main road and generally a lot of other stuff and foliage and that. And that was probably because he'd fixed the brakes with some gum. Yeah. Quick fix. Quick fix. Quick fix. Yeah. It was quite funny. He was funny, actually. He used to make his own ladders. So he'd make his own ladder. He wouldn't buy a ladder. But so he made his own ladder out of, um, out of basically um, branches, tree branches. Found <laughs> them all together. And I remember him, actually, his neighbour was desperate for a ladder. And so he loaned it to his neighbour. And his neighbour went up here and the whole thing collapsed. Wow. And he was most upset that his neighbour had busted his ladder. <laughs> uh, I remember that. It reminds me of my granddad. He, I'm not saying that everything he did was about saving money, but I think that was his main priority in life. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember they got this, um, they had this wood burner. Their place in Spain had this wood burner. And um, it was a bit, um, it could get a bit chilly in the evenings. Sometimes you're out of season, and um, the thing is, he didn't want to. Didn't really want to buy wood, so it was a case of what can we collect from the air. And I remember going out with him one afternoon, and we went round because where it was quite a pine wooded area, and he said we're going to collect the pine cones we're burning later. 
And I remember going out for him the whole afternoon we spent just collecting these pine cones. Absolutely like, absolutely baskets and baskets of them. And that evening we had the fire and um, I was like, are we going to burn the pine cones, Grand? They said, yeah, we're going to. And it was just like a whole basket that had taken us an hour to collect went on and it was just like, chuck it on. Yeah. <laughs> Next basket. <laughs> it's pretty much like that. I remember that. That was my granddad loving. He was so great. Cars, that was his thing. Yeah. The Italian job just always reminds me of my granddad. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Good film. It's a good one, isn't it? It's a classic, isn't it? It's been so long. I think I, I think I watched that in reverse because I can't remember what year the remake came out, but it was obviously more my era. And then probably watched the original off the back of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a class. It's a class bit. Brilliant. And of course, it had the best ending that any film had ever had. Oh yeah. Yeah. Best ending, yeah, yeah, definitely. Well worth, well worth watching. Well worth watching. Anytime, yep. anytime. Uh, so, yeah. what thing do you miss from your childhood? Ah, oh, um, that's a tricky one, actually, isn't it? You think Apart from the the sudden awareness of uh, responsibility. <laughs> yeah, definitely not that. And the way the world was trying to, the way the world was trying to push me. Well, actually, I suppose it's linked to that, really. And I suppose it is that it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a difficult thing to 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 put a handle on, really. But it's that sort of, it's that I suppose it's that feeling of freedom to a degree. Yeah. Feeling the freedom that you get when you're young. And I think I was thinking if I could to put that onto to one item, it was probably when I was. I think I'm pretty sure I was 14. I got my first Charles bike, uh, motorbike, and um, we where we lived is we lived right on the edge of uh, Ashdown Forest down in Sussex. Yeah. Which um, I don't know you know it too well. It's it's say it, you call it a forest, but it doesn't have a lot of trees. But it's we got a lot of open sort of heathland, and it's pretty massive actually. And we were right on the edge of it. Um, and um, yeah, I remember um, getting, I had, I had, um, I had old sort of like, um, like mopeds and stuff, which we used to take off road and do jumps and that kind of crazy thing. I remember, I remember we had this, this great frog, Kermit Green, um, Borelli 50cc moped. You know, the step through ones with the, you know, the pedals? Yep. Get, get them going we had one we had one of those when i was younger i think i was probably about 12 no maybe maybe 13 12 or 13 and we used to take that um off road because we had this area this like this rough area of land opposite where we were with lots of trees and stuff which you could just we could do whatever we want on it like a bit of common land next to the golf course and I remember we, we used to build jumps and all kinds of things on there and just thrash it around and just absolutely mess around to the maximum possibly could. I remember having my first real accident on it actually in there doing some crazy jump. And I remember um, um, injuring my foot. I wasn't quite sure what happened, but I knew that something 
wasn't quite right about my foot. <laughs> anyway, we carried on messing around and whatever for a while, but I was like, oh, I'm definitely going to have to go home because my foot's hurting a bit. And um, we went home and I took off my, I took off my shoe and um, my, I remember my sock just being, the end of my sock where my toes were just being completely red with blood. Okay. I thought, oh dear, this doesn't look too good. And I remember taking my sock off and looking and like the end of my toes was just all bloody. But I thought, oh, it, it I don't know, it don't look too bad. <laughs> and then <coughs> I distinctly remember just holding the sock and for some reason, I don't really know why, shaking the sock and all of my toenails dropped out of it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it had popped all of my toenails just clean off, just just clean, pop them all off. Wow. And um, landing. Doing what? Just just from when you landed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because I just, you know, went under the bike and it was on me and all over, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know quite exactly how that happened. Obviously, my foot got trapped in there somehow or what have you. Yeah, pop them all clean off. And I'm thinking, oh, this is a bit weird. What am I going to do with this? And then it started hurting. It's funny, yeah. isn't it? Some things they just don't—they don't hurt at the time, but then they start hurting. Always, when you when you realise what's happened to them, yeah, it start hurting. I remember that, and I remember now actually that was on my right foot, and actually my big toenail on my right foot is still um, is still a bit weird. It came back like uh, ridged, yeah, um, and it's always been the same. It's always been the same. Yeah, same. So yeah, now I was just saying about that um, that trials bike. Um, now the interesting thing about it, it was a one seven five cc, and it was, and this is this is one this is one for the um, the motorbike aficionados. So they're going to say no way, but it was a Harley Davidson, and I remember it being a Harley Davidson, which is really weird because if you talk to anyone who knows anything about bikes now, they say no no way. They never made a small trials bike like that. So I actually researched it recently just to make sure it wasn't my mind. Yeah. I remember playing tricks on me, but because it does, doesn't it? And actually the the Harley Davidson name was temporarily licensed to Triumph. And they actually just stuck right. it on <laughs> some of their 1970s um trials bikes, small trials bikes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it lasted very long. How weird. Well, it obviously went through a period where they weren't so popular. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why they would why they would do that. I don't know really because Triumph's a pretty good good name at that time. But the thing is, yeah, Triumph. But I love that bike. And the great thing was, even though I wasn't old enough to take it on the road, it didn't matter because we were on the edge of the forest. You could go so far. Uh, in fact, one time I actually went right the way down to the coast, which had to be <laughs> about forty miles or something, Amazing. just on the road. Um, because when you look for it, you can you can go quite a long way off road. Primarily, yeah. there's a lot of those sort of tracks. Yeah, if you know the routes, you can keep going for quite a while, can't you? Yeah, yeah. The only thing with the forest is you work. The forest rangers would go absolutely nuts. <laughs> they didn't like you going on there. They go absolutely crazy. I remember our, my favourite time to go out I used to go out dusk. You could ride around a bit, it'd be okay. But then, once you you knew the you knew the routes, 
once it got once it got dark it was absolutely fine because you'd be you'd be fuzzing around you knew the routes knew you were going when the ranger heard you they had they had land rovers so they'd come after you in their land rover and all you do because you knew the route so you just turn your lights off brilliant Uh, and it was great. They'd never find you. They'd just never be able to find you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember that. It was so good. So good. So much fun. And of course, right opposite where we lived as well was a golf course. And it wasn't just any old golf course. It was the crew for Beacon Golf Course. It was really posh mm-hmm. golf course. And of course, a golf course, when you've got a trials bike, is just... It's a world of it's a world of fun because you've got endless ramps everywhere. You've got bunkers, yeah. you've got tees, you've got ramps absolutely everywhere for messing around, and that was really really good. I used to used to absolutely love that. So good. Well, I appreciate that's one of the things I really miss because and it, I think it's because it gave you so much freedom. And um, my mum didn't really mind school holidays or what have you. I mean, the main thing in those days when you had kids is that they were out for the whole day. You know, yeah. you had your breakfast, you went out for the day, maybe you came up and got a bit of lunch, went straight back out, and you just home for tea. And your mum was quite happy about that. Yeah, I bet. She wasn't, she wasn't massively happy if you were lighting fires. <laughs> no. That didn't go down quite so well. Um, no. we, won't, we won't discuss that right now. Because that's the whole genre of its own, really. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was well into the, into forest fires. Forest fires. Well, the best, the best oh. one. The most, the most uh, controlled one is when me and Craig just found a whole chimney in the woods, like a brand new chimney. I was like, well, this is a perfect place to start a fire, surely. Yes. Asking for it. So we were doing the classic thing of, uh, like, we're getting... Uh, getting a cheap deodorant from like the savers or you know whatever cheap yeah. shop like 40p can and then spraying it all up the chimney and then lighting it so it's going like <laughs> nice absolutely bananas and then dropping the can in they always yep. go don't they yeah they're really good if you if you have um great thing is if you get a short length of scaffold pole that scaffold pole is perfect um, and then you just jack it up in the in the fire. So you have a bonfire, jack it up in the fire at an angle, whatever angle you want. Basically, it's a homemade mortar. So then you'd have the you'd have anything which was a spray can. And the best thing is to always to have um, a bit, ideally like a quarter left in it, was that absolutely ideal amount found. Pretty much experimentation. And the other thing as well, always knock the plastic cap off you know the angled one so you just got the little spouty nub thing and then um when it's up to when it's up to temperature you just drop it in nub down and it would just go off like a mortar with a scaffold <laughs> it's great yeah. <laughs> oh it's good fun um, good you time we spent burning stuff and lighting stuff and blowing stuff up yep. really was so entertaining I mean, there's so much entertainment to be had. Is your brother but, older than you? Uh, yeah. 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 He's like three years older than me. Yeah. 
I actually went through a phase with my with my kids with my boys where I was actually genuinely quite worried that they weren't interested in blowing stuff up. <laughs> Although Bailey did do a good job of trying to set fire to the um, to one of the outbuildings one time. Yeah. Generally, they weren't. So yeah, I remember actually having a session with them down the garden with some matches and stuff to burn and blow up and uh, showing them what to do. <laughs> I was more interested than they were. They were a bit like me. You know, everybody like, yeah, no, come on, this is really good fun. Yeah, let's do this. Yeah, it's a blow up. Yeah, and they're like, mm, Dad, do we have to? <laughs> this is how to be a boy. Uh, youth of today. Youth of today. You can tell I'm old when I'm always. What a shame. What a shame. <laughs> Well, one thing, yeah, that was definitely. Def- I mean, there'd be many, there'd be many other things, but definitely that. that yeah, part. that's cool. Which I have now, actually, be great. Yeah. Maybe yeah, I'll try and find one. Like, be good fun. Got my list stuff yeah. to try and find. Yeah. Apparently, you can go. You can go. There's this guy who's mapped out these sort of green laning and off-road routes all the way through Europe. You can actually go off-road the whole way through Europe. <laughs> Well, I mean, you obviously got to get on a ferry. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But the rest of it, yeah, it's quite amazing. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm, keeping, sure. you I'm hey. keeping you up. You're flagging, aren't you? I can pay, tell. Pay someone enough money, I'm sure you can get across there. <laughs> some, some legitimate reason. What, a dinghy? Yeah. Someone's dinghy. Or just, just uh, ask for a half an hour window so you can drive your trials bike through the tunnel, through the channel tunnel. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Let Stopping there, for a quick bit of maintenance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what song so, reminds you of your parents? That's quite a toughie, actually, because um, the thing is, with most, the thing is, what you, what I find with most people is, um, at home when they were growing up, their parents would be into kind of music, whichever music was of the sort of genre. So, in my growing up, that would be music of the kind of 60s wouldn't it yeah and their parents would kind of be playing that music and they they grow up you know so i should have grown up listening to the stones and credence clearwater revival all that sort of stuff you know and then maybe a bit of prog rock i was really unlucky enough (laughs) (laughs) start getting exposed to that sort of stuff um but not so not so my parents my parents were just not into music okay was there was only two kinds of music were acceptable kingdom kingdom songs and um classical music um anything from the 1700s <laughs> anything anything later than the 1700s was clearly clearly the devil's work not yeah. to be messed with although although right coming coming back to what we were saying right at the beginning about there will be some random exceptions they did have a random exception, and this is what made me think about um, my parents and, and song. And that was uh, a Richard Claydeman. Does that name ring any bells too? No. Richard Claydeman. Oh, you've got to look him up. Richard Claydeman. So um, he he introduced he introduced to people of a certain age at a certain time uh, the sort of piano popular music genre i don't even know how it's classified you'll have to look at 
look at a bit of it and then you tell me what what classification it comes under. The album covers are pretty special. Yeah. Uh, basically pianist. him with his piano and his fairly bouffanty hair. Yeah. Although I can't speak because under lockdown I haven't had my hair cut yet and I've got the old bouffant. <laughs> so. Yeah, it just says he's a French composer. French pianist. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to sample a bit of it? You know you want to, don't you? Do. You know, you know, just look at those album covers, you wanna you wanna get in on some of that and listen to the sheer excitement going on. I think you're going for a live set. It strikes me that he's mostly doing covers of other people's stuff anyway. Yeah, I think so. just backing tracks and him playing the piano I reckon uh, probably but also the thing is I absolutely love I mean so, some of my some of my favourite tracks have got piano in them I love it I think it's really it adds really something to music quite often particularly with more mellow tracks yeah and it can be really really beautiful but he just completely butchers, <laughs> butchers <laughs> the piano with a whole hideous I don't know Backing track. I mean, what even is it? What what is it? What is that? But it reminds me of my parents because apart from Kingdom Songs and seventeenth uh, century classical, um, that was the other thing that they felt to be acceptable. And actually they they, they thought it was fantastic. Yeah. Went a bomb on the Richard Claderman. <laughs> Which reminds me, actually, I do, I do, I do remember a couple that got married, an older couple getting married, and they actually went down the aisle to uh, Inneken Hall to uh, Richard Claderman. Wow. Yeah. Controversial. They wouldn't allow it now. Total hey. shutdown. That took me out. would be a total shutdown. That would, <laughs> that'd be instant, <laughs> instant excommunication. Remember <laughs> somebody asking or being surprised that they weren't allowed to have a Disney song? To walk down the aisle to at the Kingdom Hall. Mm. Like, really? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> really? Why? 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 What's the only pagan music that's going out there? It just makes me wonder what Disney song it was they wanted. Was it something like? Oh, it was, it was, I don't know, like Beauty and the Beast or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. There you go. Weird thinking. Yeah. What can you say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. So, so that, yeah. Was that was them. That was my parents and music. I remember. So, uh, is there a film that you could watch over and over again, or you have watched over and over again? Um, well, one of my one of my favorite I have to say one of my favorite one of my favorite films from the I think it's from the eighties I'm fairly sure is um, is you you you'll be familiar with this one 
is Overboard. Classic. Yeah, the original one with Goldie Hall. Yeah. Something about that film, I don't know, I can't, even, I can't even explain what it is or why, but it's just completely watchable whenever it's on. If anyone suggests putting it on, I'm always like, yep. I think it's, I think it's one of the reasons also, because um, you know, a lot of the time we end up just having um, various, various just offhand quotes in life, which are from various films, aren't they? Yeah. Because that one actually has a lot in, just has a lot of those quotes in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, but there's a certain familiarity with it. Um, I don't know why it is. If you were to, if I try and analyse it and break it down, I, mean, I, don't, I don't even know why, because I don't think it's that great. It's very, it's very badly acted. It has that 1980s acting where yeah. they all, they really overacted everything, didn't they? And yep. they, they? Whenever there was any dialogue, they always had to shout it, didn't they? You notice that in everything in the 80s. Yeah. They with all a shouted. whiny voice. Yeah. <laughs> do instead of talking they're always shouting and they're always just like overacting absolutely yeah. everything and there's always like a, a delay between each person's dialogue as well like yeah <laughs> as if they couldn't quite cut it right <laughs> <laughs> that is true yeah and it, it is just you know as all the all of that but it's got something i don't know what it is the french would call it je ne sais quoi that's their term for it. Uh, but basically translated, I think that just means, I don't know what. Yeah, okay. which, is a, which is a good example, actually, of how things in, things, you know, expressions in, in other languages sound so much better. When you translate them in English, it's just sound really naff, don't they? Yeah, pretty much. A good example of that is, um, is a, um, I think it's a, is it, is an Italian car, it's a Maserati, I think. And it's a Maserati Quattro Porte. It sounds cool, doesn't it? Quattro Porte. A Maserati Quattro Porte. Okay. Basically, that says Maserati four door. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't, just not the same, is it? Four door. I mean, talk about putting absolutely zero effort into naming that car. But it just sounds better, doesn't it, in Italian? I mean, yeah. That's one of those expressions. Je ne sais quoi. Yeah. Je ne sais quoi. <laughs> you put a little bit out on the end of it. <laughs> and that is it a bit more exciting as well. That is a good film. It is, is, like you say, if it's on. Yeah. It's very watchable. It is watchable, isn't no it? No effort required. Yeah. I think that's the other thing as well. Just easy rolling. The yeah. other one, of course, which is randomly on tv at, also at random times and i just randomly happen sometimes you know when you're just like i don't know you think i just want to watch something on tv and you, you turn it on and you have a little scroll through and randomly i don't know i haven't i haven't sussed out the algorithm on which they decide when they're going to put this film on but it's often around the holiday season as well um, and that is an absolute classic called Where Eagles Dare. I don't know whether you've ever seen it. I don't think so. Let me have a look. Where Eagles Dare. So basically it's a young Clint Eastwood and it's also Richard Burton. Okay. Uh, yeah? 1968. 68. And it's a classic, it's a classic um, um, adventure kind of 
film, action adventure film. It's actually like a wartime one, but it's got a very, very, it's got a very good plot on it. I mean, not I'm recommending it because it has got a bit of, um, has got a bit of um, Nazi action in it. Um, but generally, I would say when it comes to films and anything on TV, I never recommend anything to anyone ever at any point. Uh, no. No, point uh, uh, <laughs> no point when I mention anything do I ever suggest uh, actually advocating or recommending anything. Just get that in first. I've got a disclaimer as well. I'll send it, I'll, e I'll email yeah. it over to you. Please do. <laughs> the same basis. But that is um, it's a classic. It was well ahead of its time. Um, it's got all your boys' own action going on in it you could possibly want. It's got plot twists. It's very, very good. And um, it's, uh, it's got people in Lederhosen. I know, no, not so much. It doesn't really. It does have a Clint Eastwood. A little bit, yeah. It's a little bit of Lederhosen. A little bit, a little bit like that. A little bit, a little bit of Lederhosen. Yeah. But um, if it comes on, I don't recommend it, obviously, but it is well worth a watch. And I don't know why. It's just one of those ones where whenever it is, whenever it comes on, and I just happen to be there, I will watch it. Fair enough. Much, much to Hev's annoyance. <laughs> <laughs> just leads me to it. That's your old man. That's your old man bit coming out on that one, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think it's quite nostalgic. Yeah, I think because um, you know sometimes the films when you look at them, it's not so much that they're a brilliant film, but you happen to like watch it at a particular time. I don't know. And yeah, it, no, definitely. Nostalgia yep. going on, and yeah. it's more than nostalgia actually. Yeah, I think there's some films like from your teen years or whatever that kind of feel like they're they're part of your growing up, aren't they? They're like they're with you through those years. So in your mind you think they're still pr brilliant you may you may revisit them and they're not so good but can i give you a classic example of that in my view like anyone in their late 30s to mid 40s you ask them what was your what was your what was a brilliant film from you know when you were a teenager for that one they'll say ferris bueller's day oh. off yeah yeah it's just gar it's garbage yeah it's just absolute rubbish, and why they why why people why people go on about it and they think it was so brilliant and I think it's just because it's something they happened to chime with them at that particular age they were. Yeah, it's like a it's like right. a bit of a fantasy, isn't it? Like yeah. you're in that in that at that age, and you could do what you want yeah. for the day. But it's absolute pony. Yeah, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah. yeah, you're not wrong. And that's it. That's it. That's all I've got to say on the matter. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's it. It's just the the uh, your memory of it is tinged by when you've seen it, isn't it? It is funny, but then sometimes there are because sometimes I have to watch chick flicks because you know I'm married, and that's just that's part of the contract. Yep. Um, and um, sometimes there are a, an alarming number of DVDs that come through the post with a, with a pink, with a pink wrapper. You know when they got, you know when they got. If he's got pink plastic, you know, you know it's an out and out 
chick flick. Sometimes it's just a picture of a man and a woman on the cover, and so you know it's a sort of medium level chick flick. But sometimes those. So I've 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 formed my fair share of those, um, and mostly they are all absolutely horrible. In fact, I would say they've had mostly some absolutely horrible reviews, <laughs> mostly from myself, because I review them afterwards, uh, uh, just to try and other people off. But there is one that does stand out. It's called The Proposal. Have you seen it? Yeah, I have to agree with you, actually. That is a pretty good film. It's quite good. Yeah, and that's something I've seen, like, a lot. <laughs> I think it's probably... A bit yeah. like Overboard, where if it gets suggested, I'm like, yeah, I'll happily watch that. I won't mm-hmm. put up, I won't put up too much for a fight. Yeah, that's a good film. Me too. I don't know why, and I can't tell you why. Yeah, I don't know. It's just good. It's just funny, isn't it? It's a funny film. Yeah, yeah. It's just watchable. Yeah. So it's quite a good for all the uh, for all the the married men out there. It's quite a good when you you know you want to get into the books and watching a chip flick and it's suggested then why don't you suggest that well Getting, yeah uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll have to tag team on that you know next time we're on holiday or whatever we'll be like yeah. oh yeah yeah we could we could yeah we can we can settle for that if you girls want to watch it if you if you girls want to watch it if it's what you want to do if it's going to keep you happy we'll be happy to watch it i mean if you don't mind just doing the popcorn, getting us some drinks and fixing us some snacks, and maybe make some nachos and stuff like that, just because we are putting out by, you know, watching that for you, then I think that's that's fair enough. That's sort of, yeah. Good deal. Remember Got it covered, it. Keep that sort in the back pocket. Although I don't know the next time we will be going on holiday. No, that's true. Uh, because uh, I don't know, I don't know the next time that any countries are going to accept us. No. I mean, we got chucked out the last one, didn't we, pretty much? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we got ushered out, really. I feel like it's slightly pointed in the news today that it said something like the European Union were like, oh, we're still, we're still going to have a summer holiday. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks, guys. Yeah. yeah. They've been a bit childish about the whole thing, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. I think. It's a bit like me, 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 me. If they could, if they could, they would actually put the term me, 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 me on the end of any of those things they say. Yeah. They? You know, <laughs> that's what they're thinking. <laughs> yeah, that's about the size of it. There you go. Yeah, we'll see. We will see. Might just have to be some crummy UK holiday. We will not be beaten. No. We'll, we'll find something, we'll do something, and we'll darn well enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Even if we do end up watching some chick flick. Yeah. <laughs> Locked in some English cottage watching a chick flick. Could be worse. Could be worse. Yeah. At least we're not each other. On that note, tell me about yeah. your favourite place. <laughs> what? What are we doing? Oh, place. Yeah. Well, um, ooh, that's, that's a tough one, actually, isn't it? I think it would have to be the thing is if it's in if it's in so we're talking slightly sort of like our ideal here, aren't we? Rather than that. Yeah, either somewhere you've already been or something like the ultimate combination of things you would like. I think basically it has to be a place by the 
by the ocean because I absolutely love the sea. I love the sea, but but I also want there to be visibly, not too far away in the background, snow-covered mountains for reasons that you'll understand quite clearly. So I think, um, uh, I imagine, yeah, being by the sea, that'd be really nice. I imagine just like, um, should we think about, ideally, you think about sort of, people think about their new system places they're going to have. It's funny what people think about. They seem to be, a lot of people seem to be quite keen on building themselves the sort of um, biggest pad they possibly can. But Mm. I don't know about that, really. I kind of like quite like the idea of something quite um, like a wooden, like a wooden house, fairly simple, you know, temperate, in temperate climates, you don't have to worry about heating it and cooling it. It's just nice, just nice and warm. So you don't have to worry about, have to worry about windows, just have a hole in the side. That'll do you. Yeah. Um, overlooking the ocean, I like that idea. I like the idea of having um, um, getting in the sea. I love being in the sea. I love being in the water, on top, underneath, wherever. I think I love the idea of having something. Because you know, we like a bit of sports. Like one of the things I like in the in, in the sea is doing. I know you love surfing. I love a bit of surfing. Not that I'm really any good at it, but I still like enjoy doing it. <laughs> I really enjoy getting smashed around by those waves. Yeah, join the club. <laughs> Generally getting tumbled around, getting fin slashed and that kind of thing. But it's all part of the fun though, isn't it? You think oh, like, yeah. yep, yep, yep. I may have only got caught like two or three waves, but I actually still really enjoyed it, even though I'm now completely knackered. Um, but also a bit of kite surfing I love. And I was thinking like, how it's going to be in the future with with Maybe you don't have the gear, but what I was thinking would be absolutely ideal is I've always fancied this idea of having like a nice wooden place and you have a porch so I can sit out on the porch and I'm going to have a perch on the porch. And I'd quite like to have a pet pterodactyl. There are good reasons for it. Um, I don't know. I haven't decided what I'd call him. I wouldn't call him the obvious, which is obvious. I wouldn't call him that. No, O'Neill. If, exactly. <laughs> Get a different name for him. Yeah, think about it. It'd be really good though, because it'd be so handy, because it'd be strong enough and have a good enough wingspan that if I want to go do a bit of kite surfing, I could take him with you. All I've got to do is get a bit of, um, you know, a few cords off him, a bit of string off of him, and then we're in the sea. You know, he's going to have enough toe, isn't he? It'll pull yep. us around. Have a bit of fun on that. That'd be really good. I love that idea. And I always like the idea also of just, I, I always have the, in my mind this idea that there's going to be, because generally in life, there's a lot of kind of like repetitive stuff you have to do that's a bit drudgy, isn't it? Really? Uh, it doesn't really add, there's stuff that needs to be done but doesn't really add value to your life, really. I think you've got to find a way of just resolving those kind of things. And my view is you're going to have animals that are friendly and want to help us out. So let's train them to do all the kind of jobs we don't want to do for ourselves. You know? Yeah. Make life, to make life better so you can have more fun. So I think I think one of the most obvious ones is monkeys, chimps. I mean, because they're brilliant, aren't they? Because they've got, they've got opposable thumbs. So that's fairly important to be able to do more delicate stuff. So, for instance, 
you have a little monkey or something and um, training to make your cup of coffee? I mean, why not? Like, you can make your cup of coffee in the morning. Okay, I mean, it'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you wake up, you wake up, sit up there and think, oh, this is really nice. I'm just enjoying this. Isn't this lovely? Um, Horatio, oh, it's calling him Horatio just, just because you know, it seems like a good name for a monkey. Um, would you mind fixing me a cup of coffee? He got, he pops down. You just hear the sound of the steam. You hear the sound of the grinder. You hear the sound of the coffee, and then he appears by his side with a little little coffee set up. Oh, lovely! Wouldn't it be brilliant? Wouldn't it? That'd be really good. Absolute idea. You could. I think it's starting off with coffee, and then he can then work his way up to to other things. Like you know, he ends up making a full you know full course dinner for you and all your friends come around why not it's all possible isn't it i mean i think i mean there might be a bit of i don't know about the poo flinging because they are a bit up (laughs) poo when you get a little bit stressed don't they so i'm sure you can you can train that out of them i'm sure you could actually yeah maybe it's still if they do the poo flinging but they don't fling it at you bad chocker yeah exactly get them to do some other way so that that would be really good i think with the and there's lots i've got lots of other ideas for for animals trained to do very specific jobs that'd be really really good have old menagerie but what is important i think also oh just on that being by the sea because the nice thing about it is um it'd be nice to do a bit of sailing as well yeah I started recently learning how to sail, which is really, 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 really good fun. Really nice. There's two kinds of sailing I discovered. There's small, there's really, really small boat, like single man boat sailing, which is fairly crazy because those things just flip over just instantly. And it's just the slightest thing. They're just looking for a reason to flip over and capsize and hurl you out. But it's very, very good fun. And then you've got your bigger boats, which are way more stable, um, which are really, really good. Really, really, uh, very exciting. Can go out. It's very nice. I'd recommend it. Very nice. Being under a bit of wind power. Yeah. It's good fun. Yeah. Just be careful who you go with and what conditions you go out in. Yeah. Go out in nice, nice. We were out last year, we were out because there's a couple of brothers who got boats that um, very kindly invite me out uh, from time to time we go out and it is really good fun actually but um, boats out Southampton so you've got to get down there you've got to get down that I don't know what it the estuary or whatever it's called from Southampton to down into the Solent and you're just sailing along you're in a fairly small boat I think it's about a 30 foot boat or something so it's not tiny but it's still quite small compared to the ferries and the giant, the absolute giant, you know, you get all those giant tankers and you also get the container ships oh, where, the, where they're, they're about 10 stories tall and then you've got about 15 containers stacked on top of that as well. And they, they, there's no way they're even going to see you. So you just got to try and stay out of their way. So that's, that's really quite good fun. Mm. And last year we went down and we went out, it was in Cow's Week actually, we went out and this wind was really, really strong. And um, when we got out, 
got out into the Soviet and it was really blowing quite a gale and we put it, we had it on the, um, we had the radio on the emergency channel. All you could hear was man overboard, call the lifeboat, man wow. overboard, absolutely non-stop, <laughs> which was slightly unnerving, but kind of like, it was pretty fun. And then we discovered pretty much there was us out and then there was just, because it was Cow's Week, there was the proper, really professional racing teams you know, with all their proper gear on and everything. And there was them out having a race. And we got in the middle of their race. And there was us. And we were like, because so, so imagine a couple of, imagine Mr. Magoo and his wife, right, in their little Nissan, Nissan Chihuahua box. And they're going out for a little drive on a Sunday afternoon. And somehow they just managed to pull onto the track at Silverstone when the Formula <laughs> One's on. <laughs> It was like that, uh, and it was actually quite. It was quite funny. It was really enjoyable, but it was good fun. It was good fun being on the boat where you're 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 healed over that far. You know, and the water's running right, literally trying to trying to overwhelm. It's good fun actually. Yeah, I recommend it. Yeah. A little bit of sailing. So that's the thing being by the ocean. So you got to do a bit of sailing. Because that's the other thing as well, is I had itchy feet the whole time. I don't mean like athlete's foot or anything like that. I just mean itchy feet as in, I just like, I don't like being in the same place for too long. That's why this lockdown has been making me go a bit around the bend actually. You've gone a bit loopy. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, (laughs) really, honestly. Even for myself, I realise I'm going a bit loopy. Um, I don't like being in one place for too long. I like to be moving around. Yeah, eight weeks is a long time. The ideal holiday for me, one of the holiday I love the most for me is when we went, to, uh, like when we go motorbiking and we when we're doing that thing where we're just moving on every day somewhere different every yeah. day. Wake up in the morning, have some breakfast, strap the stuff on the back of the bike, let's go where are we going somewhere completely different. Yeah, that's just brilliant, isn't it? I love that. Yeah, it's good fun. I love that moving. I love that moving on all the time. I enjoy that. So I think that's one of the things, you know, with being in one place. If I, I think I'd be able to do it for a while, but then I'd want to roll out. And a boat's quite a good thing, isn't it? Roll out on a boat. Yeah. Well, if you travel light, don't don't hoard too much stuff. You can uh, you can go and live somewhere else for a while. Go and sail somewhere else. Well, this is one of the things where if you think about all the junk you have in your house, yeah, but then when you go on holiday, what do you take? You don't take a suitcase, do you? Yeah. We have a lot of stuff we don't really need, really. You just end up sort of acquiring clutter and stuff. Yeah. Well, once all the, once all the tech and junk has gone, tech and paperwork, that's uh, that accounts for a lot. Oh, mate, paperwork. Paperwork is the bane of my life. I think even coming back to what we were saying earlier about about at 12, realising how the world was just trying to force me. I think generally some people are born round and some people are born square and some <laughs> people are born triangular. And then basically um, the way the world works, generally society, it just tries you out. If you're born round, it just tries you out. Oh, square, oh, no, not quite. Triangle, oh, not quite. Round hole, there you go, that's your slot. You just fit in there, lovely, that's it. You found your slot, you're absolutely fine. And that generally is the case. 
But I do think quite generally, uh, genuinely even, there are um, uh, some people who are who are born um, really super wonky shapes. Yeah. Um, and there isn't a hole for us to fit in. And so um, the world generally just tries to ram us into the closest hole and it doesn't really fit. So it tries another and that doesn't fit. And then it goes, nope, you definitely got to go into one of those. We're going to bring the hammer out, start whacking it until you try and fit in. Um, and, and, you know, fairness, you can get a few bits chipped off you, but, you know, never really fit in that hole, do you? No. But coming back to that point about the location, um, as I mentioned at start of the discussion about location is there would have to be those snow capped peaks just very very close so there are places now where you could go and live so for instance um, what was pretty cool is when we were down in when we, when we went to Isla when we were down in Nice so we were in Nice yeah France and then in an hour and a half you're up at 2000 meters in the snow aren't you Strapping a snowboard on, having some fun. Yeah. So that's just great. It's a great combination. It's a perfect combination. You've got the beach, you've got the sea, and then you've got the mountains as well. I would miss, I would really miss if we don't have mountains and we don't have snow. I miss that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully we'll, we'll figure something out. <laughs> it's kind of something which um, um, it's so hard actually because people. Uh, a lot of people don't really understand it because when you, people think about holidays and they think about going places where it's sunny and warm, which is great, and we all love that. And when you suggest to them about going somewhere where it's snowy, they don't like the idea. But when you try and explain how enjoyable it is, they don't really quite believe you. You say, well, you just go and try it and see if you like it. No. But people love it, don't they? People go, and a lot of people just love it. You hook for life, really. Yeah. Yeah, it's the one needs to happen in some capacity. Definitely. <laughs> Is the first place you're going to go once lockdown's lifted? What's the first fully indulgent activity? First thing, well, after lockdown, oh, man. Um, I think it's going to have to be getting out on the motorbike. Yeah. It's going to be a sweet taste of uh, going to be a sweet taste of freedom. No. Yeah. Get out. Go cruise the back roads. Yeah, That's hopefully it won't be too long. I hope soon. Yeah, I'm sure it will. I didn't mention it. Didn't mention it in his in his five phase program, but. <laughs> I didn't say it wasn't allowed. It's what you got no, to think about when it comes to paperwork. That's the paperwork. That's a general. That's a general. I have to say a little tip. Little tip for anyone who's interested. It's a little rule I always tried to live by in my life. It's always helped me out. With I realised that at age twelve, actually probably a bit earlier. <laughs> but, um, just, just people are always obsessed with asking if you can do something. Can I do that? Can I do this? can do that don't ask because if you ask someone if you can do something their overwhelming um uh, response is always going to be no because that's that's human nature 
Human nature, when put on the spot, is always to say no, because it's a safe option, isn't it? Yeah. Say no, it's a safe option. You can't go wrong with that. Um, so uh, my tip is just don't ask. <laughs> Normally pays off, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because 90% of the time, it'll be fine. And 10% where someone objects to what you're doing, you say, oh, sorry about that. Didn't realise. <laughs> well, you should have asked. <laughs> nope. Sorry about that. That's it. There you go. Little tip. Smooth out your life. Good. There you go. That's that's uh, that's your PSA. <laughs> that's it. Mm. Yeah, there you have it. Well, that's good. You can get some sleep. Now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've been asleep. For, I've been asleep for hours. <laughs> He's been nodding off, <sighs> off and on, off and on. there it was the much anticipated finale part two of Nathan Burgess it's quite a strange character (laughs) he's a good lad we've uh, had some good fun the last couple of months a few friends uh, we've been doing Would I Lie to You on Zoom and Nathan's been a regular a regular team captain and it's just so funny because just so many insane stories which every time I don't I think I've only actually got him to do one line because the stories are just so insane that people just can't can't tell if it's true or not I think the default is that it's just always true because he has had a colourful life so yeah it was great to get to chat to him I'm glad we finally got to put it out there so we've got a few more episodes on the way out. Hopefully get back to some normality of one a week. Um, there's going to be some specials coming out soon. More on that later. Enjoy that. But until then, you know, just, just take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Be excellent to each other, in fact. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>